Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope that you enjoy this encouraging message. For more information on our church family, visit freechapel.org forward slash OC. We've been looking at the book of Nehemiah. How many of you have been enjoying our little study on Nehemiah? Twelve people. I'm so incredibly encouraged that 12 people have enjoyed it. And I'm so glad at all the effort and energy that I put into um, these messages. And uh, let's, let's keep going. Nehemiah, turn with me to Nehemiah. And let's go to Nehemiah chapter 4. Nehemiah chapter 4 and verse 17. They're building... And they're rebuilding the walls under the direction and guidance of Nehemiah. And as we've been discussing as a church, this story is so practically applicable to our lives because it gives us um, an indicator or, or an idea as to how God works and how he operates and how he does things. These walls as we've discussed, for the people of God was so significant. It wasn't just about a boundary around a city. It spoke of their identity. It spoke of their strength. Um, And the principle or the encouragement that we can take from this story for our lives um, is that no matter the areas of our lives that we feel are broken and fragmented, that it's not so broken that God cannot still rebuild it. And we see that in this story. And we have unpacked what it means to not just live our lives, but to build our lives on purpose. That that if we are believers and we are what you know we call in church saved, I believe in Jesus, then the moment I receive Jesus Christ, I also receive this mandate upon my life to then commit every single thing that I do to the purpose and plan of God. There's no, there's no halfway saved. I wish there was. It would be a little bit easier, wouldn't it, at times? Wouldn't it be nice if I could have sort of half, you know, halfway saved? Well, this stuff sounds bad to say at church, doesn't it? But I'm just saying some things that maybe many of you think at times. Wouldn't it be cool if I could just give God... This part of my life, this is my sort of work. I want him to have my work because then I can get blessed and finance stuff. So let's give him that. And I want him to have um, my family, okay, because I want him to, (coughs) excuse me, I want him to protect my family. But I want to keep all of this over here. This is mine. It doesn't work like that. There's no halfway saved. It's not, it's not, I'm saved on Sunday. It's, it's, it's not, look at someone who knows what you're like on Monday. It's, it's not, you, you know, it, it didn't work like that. But we make space for that in the Western church and we accept that into our culture. And we have this halfway saved idea of what it is to live a Christian life and then we wonder why we're not free. Because we're only going to live free to the level that we give everything to God. And we cannot wonder why there are some areas of our life that are still restricted and still bound 
when we have not given it all to God in the first place. He's only responsible for what we give Him. And so the the challenge for us when it comes to building our lives is understanding that every single area of my life from the moment I get saved, from the moment I surrender, it all belongs to Him. Everything that I do is about Jesus. I work to build the kingdom of God. If you're a business person, you, you, your business needs to bring glory to God in every possible way and form. Our marriages, our children, our, 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 our patterns in our lives, the way in which we live, everything that we do, it's all got to be about glorifying and establishing the kingdom of God right there in that moment. And this is what we've been talking about. And as a church, it's been, we've been slowly building to, to this moment today where as a, as a community and as a church, we've been asking God, what have you called us to do with this year's exchange? What have you called us and asked us to sow into? Because we don't just wanna take up offerings for offering's sake. We wanna know, God, what are you speaking to us about? And so we... As a community, as a church, we felt that there was an urgent need right now to sow into building the next generation. That there, was a, um, that there is an assignment, as we've talked about, that, that the enemy is strategically um, unfolding to attack the next generation, our young people all the way from as young as children can walk all the way through to college campuses. If, if, if we cannot see it, we need to open our eyes and recognise that we cannot be ignorant, the Word says, to the enemy's devices. And there is an urgency that I felt in my spirit that if the church doesn't step up and act now, we will miss this window and the enemy will step in. And there is an urgency for us to build the next generation. To, to implement some things practically as a church into establishing some sort of a framework that keeps our children safe and protected and covered that we would fight for our young people that maybe don't even know that they're in a fight yet. That's what leadership, discipleship and covering looks like. And that's what we're doing today as a church when we come to take up this offering. But this, this story of Nehemiah, there's a moment in the story that typically this is the, the moment that is often preached a lot and, and, and we haven't preached it yet and I'm only just gonna briefly touch on it today and bring some stuff out of it. But in verse chapter uh, four and verse 17, Nehemiah said, those who built on the wall and those who carried burdens It says, they loaded themselves so that with one hand they worked at construction and with the other hand, they held a weapon. With one hand they worked at construction and with the other hand, they held a weapon. One of the things that we have to understand when we receive that mandate, as I've been discussing, we receive that mandate that God has called us to build our life according to the Kingdom of God. We have to understand that if I'm gonna build according to the Kingdom of God, I need to learn what it is to build and battle both at the same time. 
That, that if I can understand this and, and recognise this, that this is what, believe it or not, I'm sorry to say, but this is what actually living for Jesus looks like. It looks like building and battling both at the same time. And what the building and the battling actually does for us is it gives us a good balance that keeps us in line with what God has called us to do. The, the, the battling represents those things that are of a spiritual nature. We know that the Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. In this story, Nehemiah is facing a physical enemy. But we have to understand that while we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, we do wrestle against principalities and powers. This is the side of you that needs to know how to fight. This is your prayer life. This is the power of the Word of God. This is the power of gathering in community. This is understanding what it is to, to actually recognise that from the moment you wake up, you are in a spiritual fight. And one of the greatest strategies the enemy has for the Western church to hold the Western church back is, is to cover or, or to to camouflage the reality of how intense this spiritual fight really is. That you have to understand that the enemy is coming after you whether you like it or not. And if you don't know how to fight, you will quickly be taken out. And we have to understand that it's the balance of knowing how to fight and also knowing how to build. Building was, represents the practical. What you do, what you do practically, you cannot, if you lean too far one way, you, you'll be all spiritual and sit in your prayer closet and pray till you're blue in the face, but do nothing. Because faith without, say it like you're awake, faith without is dead. So it doesn't matter how much faith you generate in that prayer closet, you kill it when you do nothing. So what keeps me balanced is understanding, yes, there's things I've got to pray. Yes, there's things I've got to declare. Yes, there's things I'm believing for, but there's also things that I've got to do. And it's the combination of what I believe and what I do that makes me so powerful. You have to understand as believers, that's what makes us powerful. That's what makes us unstoppable when we don't just have the faith, but we couple faith with works. This is something we have to learn as the body of Christ. I pray over my children. I pray over my children every single day. I lay hands on them when they go to sleep. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and minds in Christ Jesus. I pray over my kids that the steps of righteous man or woman are ordered by the Lord. But listen to me, I can pray and pray and pray and pray. Let's use my daughter. I can pray, my daughter's three, and I can pray and I can pray and I can pray as a dad and I can pray, pray, pray and believe that God's gonna cover her, that God's gonna be with her. But if I don't recognise that my God-given mandate as her dad is not just to pray, but it also is to do, okay? So I can pray for her, 
right? That she won't sway to the left or the right and that God will order her steps. But you know what I also need to do? I need to pick that little three-year-old girl up. I need to hold her face. I need to look at her in the eyes every single day. And I need to say, do you know how much your dad loves you? Do you know that you are a princess? I say to her every single day, I say, Leo, why are you so pretty? And she looks at me like this and pulls her shoulders back. And she says, cause I'm a princess. And I say, you're a princess. And I say to her, and where are you from? And she pulls her shoulders back and she says, I'm from heaven. And I say, yes, you are. Because I understand that as a dad, it's not enough for me just to pray. I have to do. And if I, as her dad, don't do it now, some other joker will when she's a teenager. And I'd rather get the jump on that boker before he gets to her and put something in her that was mandated upon me to do. Do you understand? There are things, it's not just what you pray, it's what you do. And this keeps me balanced. It keeps me balanced. Because if I lean too far in the do, it becomes all about works. And it becomes all about my effort and my energy. And I'm gonna do, 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 do. And you forget, no, 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 it's the combination. Knowing how to battle and also knowing how to build. I can pray for my finances. I can pray, God bless, bless me. God pour out. But if I don't tithe, I'm just telling you, if I don't, and I don't care about talking about, if I don't tithe, if I don't give a tenth and a tithe and an offering, everything I pray stays in the closet. It's, it's, it's what I, it's how I battle and how I build. If I say, God, bless my finances, God bless my finances, but I've got bad spending habits. It's, it's what you do. And I know it's practical and I know it's silly, but, but, but it's, it's these simple things that we miss out on understanding in the church and we don't understand and we wonder why we're not working in, walking in the fullness of what God has for us. There is blessing in battling and building. There's a blessing in the battle that you can't get anywhere else. What I like about this story or about this, this picture, if you like. I like the fact that there was a battle and Nehemiah said to them, I want you to battle and build at the same time. Nehemiah essentially saying to them, I don't want you to get so consumed in what you're battling that you forget that yes, there's a battle, but you can still build at the same time. One of the best things to ask yourself when you're in a real battle is what can I still build right now? What can I do right now? When I was in the middle of everything that, that I had to go through earlier in the year and, and I was in this, um, you know, I mean, it, it, it felt like the greatest hell on earth I could ever imagine. And you know, I was you know, obviously it's it's no secret. I was, I was t- I took time off to to heal and work through everything. 
So I'm not preaching and, and I'm not ministering to people. And it was driving me nuts. Like I was like, you know, I was out in the garden, like doing gardening. I don't know how to garden. I mean, I learned. <laughs> I remember, I remember, you know, talking to Pastor Jensen. And I'm like, what, you know, he said, how are you feeling? I said, oh, I mean, I don't know. Like, I just got to do something because we're called to build. And, and if you're not building, you, you start going stir crazy. But I remember asking the Lord and I said, God, I, I, I don't know what to do. Like I need to, and I remember close friends of ours in the ministry and, and friends that go to this church that they, they oversee the, uh, the ministry Missions Me and One Day LA that, that many of you perhaps saw advertised. And it was an outreach into the, the city of, of LA across a, a week. And I remember talking with them and I said, you know what? I'm going to do this thing. And I rang him and I said, what, what do you need? And he said, well, we've got we've to deliver all of this furniture. We're taking furniture to, to schools in some of the down and out suburbs of LA, we're taking all this furniture and all this stuff that's been donated. We're gonna, we need to get it all to schools. And uh, you know, we're giving it away to families of, of the, you know, the kids that attend schools. And I said, well, you know, what do you need me to do? And he said, well, I said, what's the biggest problem? I remember talking to Matt on the phone. I said, what's the problem? He says, we don't have a way of, of getting it there. We've got more stuff donated than, than we can get shipped out to the schools. And my parents, you know, many of you know, my parents have been visiting, they've gone home now. My parents were visiting and I said, Dad, come with me tomorrow. He said, where are we going? I said, we're gonna go get a U-Haul truck and we're gonna go to Watts in LA. I've never been to Watts before. Why are you laughing at me? You're like, you would have stood out at Watts like a, listen. I pulled into Watts. My dad, <laughs> I'm, I'm driving, bouncing around in this U-Haul, like, you know, like, I, just, I needed one of those big gulp. I felt like I needed a big gulp trucker mug, you know, like it. My dad, my dad, who's an attorney, he's, be, he's, <laughs> he's sitting in the, the, the seat beside me. We pulled into Watts with a U-Haul. And, and we backed up the truck there and we loaded up this truck with all of this furniture. And I remember these, you know, Peep's family started gathering and we're going from house to house. And man, I, I remember at the start, I got like, when we first got the truck, I, you know, at my house, I got my dad, I got in the truck. I was like, I was almost like, man, like, this is all like, I'm just, I'm not saying that it's, you know, but I, it was just a tough season for me. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I just wanted to do something. But little bit by little bit, I remember getting there and we pull into Watts. I'm like, let's go, let's, let's do this. I said, bro, you want a couch? No one can understand my accent. No one knows. I'm, you know, this guy's standing there and he's got a buddy in a wheelchair. And you know, that, I mean, these are, I, you, I'm not being, but you can tell if someone's a rough dude or not. I mean, these cats were, I mean, you know, and I said, Oi, I said, you want a couch? He's like, a what? A, ca- a, 
a cow, on a, a cow, a chair. You want? I'm trying to talk in American accent. And then I, they were talk, they talk different to how you guys in OC talk. Those jokers, it's like it was something else. And and he said, "Yeah, I want chair." He said, "Which one can I have?" I said, "Which one do you want?" And so we start loading, I never forget, we start loading up and then these other kids were walking past and I said, come give me a hand. And these poor kids, I loaded them up with a couch. I said, take it to that guy's house down there. And then we start getting furniture and putting furniture and then we pulled into this school and, and, and then these, 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 the janitors of the school come out and they're helping us unload this furniture and the janitor of the school standing there and he's looking at some of the furniture. And then it just dawned on me, this guy probably needs stuff too. And I said, oh, do you want a couch? And I'll be giving away couches. Like, I feel like Oprah. Who wants a cow? You want one? You want couch, couch, couch. Everybody gets couches. Like, <laughs> I said to the janitor, I said, bro, do you want a couch? He said, yeah, but I can't have the couches for the school. I said, you can take one. They're ours. We're doing it. I said, you can have one. And then I said, my buddy was there with me, Phil. And I said, bro, before you take the couch, can I pray for you? And he said, yeah, I would love that. And I said, who are these your buddies? The other janitors. I said, bring them over there. I remember we standing in a school, all these random couches around us <laughs> in Watts somewhere. And we stood there and put arms around them and I just said, Lord, I just pray you cover them. And I remember it was... It's such a random setting. I remember praying for these dudes. And I remember how different I felt in that moment from the moment when I'd first left my house. And then it occurred to me, even though I'm in a battle, I can still build something. And, 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 I, and I cannot get so focused on my battle that I forget what I'm called to build. That this, that, that, that this is what we're doing. And, and it's great and it's awesome and it's packed out and, and God is so good, but we can't get so caught up in this that I forget that the, that the purpose that I do this is for people. And and just because I'm in a battle, there's still something that I can build. There's still somebody that I can reach. And maybe, maybe I'm used to reaching people in a crowd on a Sunday from a pulpit, or maybe it'll be outside of a high school in Watts with a janitor, but there's still something that I can build. Don't get so busy in your battle that you forget to build at the same time. What can you build while you're in your battle? Because ultimately, this is what this is what we're called to do. We're called to build people's lives. That's what we do. That's kingdom. Everywhere we go. Everything that we do.
verse in there, and, and, I'll, and I'll close, I'll finish. The verse in there, Nehemiah said, I think it's 4 verse 20, I think. There's this moment where Nehemiah said to them, everybody was building and everybody was doing their thing on the wall. But then Nehemiah said, there'll come a moment where I'm going to blow the trumpet. And when I blow the trumpet, he said, wherever I am, that's where I want you to build. I want you to build right there. This is what he said. And as a church, as a community, that's what we're doing today with this, this, this offering. We, we as a leadership have identified somewhere where we, that we feel as a community and as a church, a, a place where we need to build right here and we need to build here and now. That's what we're saying. As each and every one of you are building your business and building your family and building your singleness and building your character and building your life, whatever it is you're doing, keep doing that. But I'm telling you right now, the trumpet is sounding now. And I'm saying to us now, as the covering for this campus, I'm saying this is where we need to gather and build now as a church. And it's for the next generation. We need to start doing it now. We need to start sowing into our children now. I sat with my kids in my office this morning. Leo's got a little pink piggy bank and Luca's got a blue one. And they both got a little envelope. And we sat down in my office and I said, what are we gonna give? I said, what do you want to give? They're three and four. Well, my son's five now, so they're three and five. And it's, you know, my son, pray for him. He didn't want to give a whole lot. And I actually think one of the coins that he gave is one of those little coins that goes in the slot machine at the little arcade place. So I apologise to the count team as they're counting. My daughter emptied her whole piggy bank. And I felt bad for it because I kept, I kept explaining to her. I said, baby, you don't have to give all of it. You don't have to give all of it. And she said, I want to give all of it. And so we sat there and, and we put the little envelopes together and they, we put their names on it. And why am I taking time? It's, it's, it takes a couple minutes to just do that. A couple minutes to sit with them and just do it. And it's hard and they're jumping around, but we, we get there. You know why I do it? Because I'm not going to give the devil an inch. I'm not giving that joker even one tiny window. Why wait? Why wait? I want to beat him to the punch every single time. Time is of the essence when it comes to our kids. It's like that. Even if you're not a parent, it's, you're going to learn. It's like that. Now's the time for us to sow right now. 
our preschool, kid pack, our teenagers, and the college. The challenge to us, the problem is very evident. The challenge to us is, is what will our response be? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. To watch our latest message, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. To stay connected, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Free Chapel OC.